Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. Father God, we approach your word with great reverence and humility, thanking you that we can trust our lives to its provisions. We thank you, dear Father God, for the anointing upon our ears to accurately hear what the Spirit has to say unto us this night. As an act of our will, we yield ourselves unto you. We refuse to be distracted. We are attentive. Our hearts are receptive. Our minds are opened. Holy Spirit, we invite you to teach us, to guide us, to direct us into everything willed by the Father and to enlarge our capacity to receive revelation, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and ability of all things that pertain to life and godliness. Father, I thank you for making my tongue as the pen of a ready writer and for boldness to proclaim the truth of your word and demonstration of the Spirit and the power that our faith would stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In Jesus' name, amen. The glory and the anointing that we've been experiencing for quite some time now is neither an accident nor a sovereign move of God. It is a direct result of our answering the call of God. And those words came to my spirit as I was in prayer preparing for this meeting. Just on the inside, those words rose up within me. The glory and the anointing that you are experiencing at this present time is not an accident. It's not a sovereign move of the Spirit of God. It is a direct result of my people answering the call of God. And when I heard those words, answering the call, of course, I took that as my cue and went back, discovering that on December the 28th of 1986, can you imagine? I taught a message entitled, Answering the Call. I can't imagine it was that long ago, can you? December the 28th, 1986, almost two years ago. My, where has the time gone? But desiring to present to you what the Spirit would want, not what I would want, I took that as my cue and went back and reviewed some things to see what God would have me to share with you this evening. And I noticed that within that message, I stated the fact that God is calling us to cooperate with His Spirit in a move that would bring restoration and healing to the land of the Christian. 
God is calling us by His Spirit to cooperate with Him in effort to bring restoration and healing to the land of the Christian. That is to affect the individual life of the believer, to affect the church body, to affect the home, and to affect the nation. The individual life, the home life, or the family life, the church body where we assemble ourselves together, and also the nation. And he once again called my attention to the fact that it was stated that the work that needs to be done would require a greater manifestation of the glory and operational power of God. The work would require a greater manifestation of the glory and operational power of the living God. And then on the inside it just rose up within me. We are now beginning to experience that greater anointing, that greater manifestation, that greater glorious power. And we've been involved in it. Those two years that have come and gone have been years of preparation where our hearts have been prepared by the Spirit of God. Heart attitudes, desires, and motives being dealt with by the Spirit of God. Hearts being searched. God searching the heart and trying the reins to look over the troops to determine whose hearts are upright and pure before Him so that He can move. As he said, the pure in heart will see God move in great glorious power in might. My brother and my sister, we are now experiencing that greater anointing. We are now experiencing the reality of that great glorious power. And I expect to see dynamic results take place within the life of the individual believer within the home life that is the Christian family unit, reflecting the very love of God, the marital relationship, being governed by the Word and regulated by the love of God. I expect to see the body of Christ pulling together. I expect to see church people coming together with hard attitudes and motives and desires, aligning themselves with His standing together shoulder to shoulder in orderly array, walking in the realm of love, humbling themselves one to another, esteeming other more highly than themselves, jointly fit together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, that we make increase of the body and of the edifying of itself in love as each member comes together with the same purpose of heart and purpose of mind. I expect to see such a dynamic move of the Spirit of God upon the face of the earth in the United States of America, especially that even the nation is changed by the glory of God. But as he said, the work that needs to be done will require the greater manifestation of the anointing and power of God. For God never designed that man would fulfill his will with his own power, with his own strength, of his own might. Even Jesus had to wait for the anointing from on high to come upon him before he carried out the plan of the Father. 
And it's always been the Father's will that His people wait humbly before Him until they are endued with power from on high, that they may go forth in the power of the Spirit to accomplish that very purpose of the Father's will. And my brother and sister, we have waited upon the Lord. We've humbled ourselves before Him. Many have. And now He is saying unto us by His Spirit, this is the beginning of that anointing. This is the beginning of that glorious power. And hallelujah, the work is being done. Changes are being made. The army of God is rising up to a place of victory and power. And in speaking to my heart, he said, what I want you to do this evening is to instruct the people of God how to maintain that anointing. How to keep it. See, there's always been the trend in the lives of people. Once they've experienced great things and good things in God to get exalted or uplifted in their own hearts and minds. And then before you know it, that anointing begins to diminish and decrease instead of increase. It's always been very difficult for the Father to entrust His glorious power to people. Because you see, man is always stepping out ahead of God. Endeavoring then to do things his own way. One time being genuinely anointed of God. And then of course after great things happen. Being caught up in pride. Exalting self. And then operating out in the flesh. And he doesn't want that to happen. He wants us to understand how to maintain the anointing. And so we'll entitle our message this evening, Maintaining the Increase. Maintaining the Increase. Before we look at our scripture here in Second Chronicles, let me also add one thing. I believe many of us have made a decision to enter into what God is doing in the earth. I believe there are those who have not made that decision to enter in as of yet. I also believe that we can influence the lives of others as we are faithful to do what God would have us to do, that that outflow of the anointing would manifest itself in a yearning desire within the lives and the hearts of others, that they too would want to give themselves yielding their bodies and faculty members as tools of righteousness in the hands of God, as instruments in His hands to do His will. Oh, my brother and sister, I believe it's so. Because, you see, the things of God are catchy. You get around those that are anointed from on high, and there's just something, an aura about them that you just desire to have some of that. And you say, Oh, Lord... My longing desire is to know you like this, to flow with your spirit, to move accurately with you. I so desire to experience this 
revelation that others experienced with you. Oh, I'm sure it was the same thought that Elisha had when he saw the prophet Elijah operating in the things of the Spirit. And he said, I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you. I'm staying by your side to observe, to watch in this environment because I'm greedy. I want double of what you have. Oh, I believe it's so. We can influence other people. I believe we can influence them with murmuring and complaining. Or we can influence them with words of life. I choose to influence others with words of life. Amen. To entice them that they may truly desire to enter into the things of God. Amen. Hallelujah. In Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14... Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, we are the people of God. This scripture reveals to us how we can get God our Father actively involved in the affairs of our lives. It's one of the scriptures that we used to prepare us for this great move of God. We are the people of God. We are called by His name, for we are Christians, the Christ-like ones. If my people will do their part, if those who are called by my name will do their part, this is what he told us back then. Well, what is our part? What is it that we did to bring us to this place in God? If they will humble themselves, number one, humility always precedes exaltation. Humility always precedes exaltation. For he that exalts himself shall be abased. But the one who humbles himself shall be exalted. To the one who gives of himself. One who submits himself. Reflecting a true spirit of submission before the Father, before His Word, before the leading of His Spirit. That one shall experience, we say, exaltation, but let's say it this way, the increase. The increase. But the one who exalts himself, that one shall experience decrease. The one who humbles himself will be increased. The one who is full of pride shall be decreased. Humility always precedes exaltation. 
When God's people submit themselves to the instructional teaching of His Word and to the leading of the Holy Ghost, those people will be exalted. And humility always precedes prayer. Too often we pray, but we fail to humble ourselves first. To examine the heart, motive, attitude, and desire. To determine our position in God and the condition of our hearts. Humble themselves. Submit themselves. Bow themselves. Bend their will to meet mine. If they will do so, they will experience the increase in the things of God. And pray. God's will is never automatic. Jesus said, pray that the kingdom come, that the will of the Father be done in earth as it is in heaven. Humble themselves. If they see not the greater manifestations in the workings of my almighty power, humble themselves, recognizing that we cannot do it with great oratorical skills. We cannot do it with great talents and abilities that we may individually possess. But humble themselves and recognize that it's by the power of the Spirit of the living God. It is by the anointing from on high that every yoke of bondage is broken and the mountains are removed. And begin to pray. All manner of prayer. Always in the Spirit. That the will of the Father be done in earth as it is in heaven. Unite your spirit together with His so that, number three, we seek His face. We seek His desires. We seek His motives. We seek His plans. We seek His purposes. We seek the way He wants things done. For Jesus is the head of the church. We are not the heads. He is the heads. He has called members into their own proper place and position within the body to function as He sees fit. He and the Father both calls, anoints, and appoints and equips people to stand in respective offices of authority, seek His plans, seek His purposes, seek His will, seek His desire, seek His attitudes, seek His views, seek the things that He wants, seek His face. And then finally, turn. Make another note of it. There's always something that needs to be done out here. Turn means to take another course of action. Stop doing things their ways. Starts doing things His ways. Now we're talking about all here, out here. Touching this realm in which we live. In other words, recognizing that our plans, our purposes, the way we would do things, is not always right. But submitting ourselves to Him, letting Him know that we'll do it your way. We'll do it your way. We'll do it your way. And I cannot express to you on that July the 19th when the glory cloud fell, the heavens were open, 
this, all these things that I just have just said, all these things that were just spoken, were realized within me as I've never realized them before. It's as if the same yearning that is in the heart of the Father. You know what the zeal of God is? It's an ardent interest in what God is interested in. And it's as if my bowels were open. The innermost part of my being was exposed. And I began to cry out, not my way, not my will, but your way, your will, your plans, your methods be done in this place. Turn and do things His way. If we would do those things, He said, He goes on to say, I will. This is what I will do. His part. He's responsible to do His part. Aren't you glad? Amen. He will hear. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Do you know that when God hears, half the battle is won right there? Amen. See, he said, oh, it's the iniquity that's hidden within the heart that prevents me from hearing. For the psalmist said, if I hide it within my heart, he will not hear. And the biggest hindrance to his hearing, I pray this is understood and received properly, is pride. Do you know what sin is and what it can be defined as? most accurately. Every self-willed decision that we make that displaces God is sin. Every self-willed decision. That's what it is. He will hear when people throw their whole hearts into the things of God. When they truly humble themselves, acknowledging their utter dependency upon Him. I need you, Father. I need you. I need direction to my spirit. I need illumination to my mind. I need to know your way. I need the anointing from above. I need the equipment of the Spirit in manifestation and says I yield my bodies and my body and faculty members unto you burn up the chaff in my life by the consuming fire of your holiness and everything that displeases you and me that I may decrease that you may increase that self will will diminish and that your will will be exalted and he says, I will hear. He says, I will forgive. He says, I will heal your land. He'll do his part. In the book of Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. A major reason... Why the first century leaders were successful was because they operated 
in line with the leading of the Holy Ghost. They cooperated with Him. And when this message was brought forth, I believe many decided to answer the call and to follow God and to cooperate with the leading of the Holy Ghost. And that's why the heavens have been opened unto us. And that's why we are experiencing this greater manifestation of the glorious power of the living God. A major reason why the first century saints and leaders were successful in their endeavors was because they cooperated with the Holy Ghost. In this verse it says, For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. Underline it and make note of the fact that that statement means that they acknowledged a God-given partnership. They acknowledged that they were not in it by themselves. They knew of the ministry of the Holy Ghost and that it was His purpose to come and to guide them into all the truth, to come and to speak to them the mind of the Father, and to come and to unveil to them in full detail future events that were to take place. They recognized His ministry, but they also knew that they had freedom to make their own choice as to whether or not they would accept or reject the leading of the Holy Ghost as we also can do the same. But I want you to notice that they said, it seemed good to the Holy Ghost, and it seemed good to us. In other words, we conferred with the Holy Ghost. And this is the way the Holy Ghost saw it, and this is the way the Holy Ghost said it, and this is the way the Holy Ghost said it would be best done. And so we decide to set ourselves up to align ourselves with the Holy Ghost and to do it the way He said do it. Not according to the traditions of men or of the fathers, but just these things we suggest as we have received them by the Holy Ghost. Now make note of it. They knew that if they rejected His ministry and leading, then they would have to answer down the road somewhere. They would be blessed for following, but they also would enter into problems and troubles and do a lot of struggling if they disobeyed. A definite major reason why many today are struggling in their Christian experience, struggling in their home lives, struggling in church ministry, a major reason why the nations struggle is due to the fact that people do not align themselves with the ministry of the Holy Ghost to cooperate with Him, following His guidance, His leading, His instruction, examining that leading in the light of the Word so as to obtain the mind of God. For it's not the Father's responsibility to endorse the plans of man. It is His duty and responsibility to put His seal of approval upon the things that He ordains and sets forth. And my brother and sister, when it's thus saith the Lord by the Holy Ghost, you can be guaranteed that there are blessings that are going to be manifested in the lives of those that heed the call. But you can also rest assured that those who don't will struggle. And they'll be in battles in their experience. 
Turn with me, if you would, please, to John's Gospel, chapter 3. John's Gospel, chapter 3. We have not failed to cooperate with the Holy Ghost. We have made it our aim and desire to flow with Him accurately. We have purposed within our hearts to move with Him as He leads us, as He unveils to us the Father's mind, as He reveals to us the Father's plan. And for this reason, we are experiencing the increase of the anointing of God and the glory of God. In John's Gospel, chapter 3, it was best said probably by John the Baptist when he said, He must increase, but I must decrease. The increase and decrease process is a continuing process throughout the lifetime of the believer as an individual. It's also a process that continues within the work of the church. The attitude is this. If we are to be successful in achieving our goals and being victorious in fulfilling God's plan, we cannot do it in our own strength. It will never be fulfilled by our own thinking, putting together thoughts as we see fit. But God must increase. The anointing must increase. We must increase in the wisdom of God. We must increase in the power of God. We must increase in the grace of God. We must increase in the love of God. We must increase in unity. We must increase in harmony, in being of one mind and of one accord. That great grace and great power will rest upon us. We must diminish. He must increase. And that's what John was saying. And that's what the Spirit is saying. This increase that we are experiencing is the direct result of our responding to the call. And because we have responded, we are experiencing the increase of the glorious power of God. The way the increase occurred is the way the increase will continue to occur throughout our lifetime. As we maintain the humble attitude that I can't do it in my own strength. That we will never fulfill the great commission in our own power, in our own might. But Father God, still I'm not satisfied. Still I'm not satisfied. I want more of your glorious power. I want more of your wisdom. I want more of your love flowing through my life. I want a better revelation of what your plan is, your ultimate plan. I want to see it so clearly, Father God, because I need your cooperation. I can't do it by myself. I need the Holy Spirit's guidance. I need His unveiling to me your mind. I need His guiding me throughout this life. I need Him directing me in my spirit, illuminating 
illuminating in me in my mind. I need Him causing my thoughts to become agreeable to Your will that our plans are established and succeed. Father God, I trust in You. I rely upon You. I depend upon You. I cannot do it in my own self, my own strength. Jesus said, It's not I that doeth the works. I'm not doing the works. But the Father in me, He doeth the works. And the works that I do, You're going to do because the Holy Ghost is going to come upon You like He came upon me. And His ministry will enable you to fulfill the works that I've begun. And that's why John said it this way. We must decrease. He must increase. Make note of it. When we choose to cooperate with the Holy Ghost, Jesus gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And we get smaller and smaller and smaller. When we choose to cooperate with the Holy Ghost, the anointing increases, the ability of God increases, the power of God increases. Little by little, as a continuing process. Why? Because He can only trust us with so much at a time. Too much would be detrimental to His work, and to our lives. There must be balance. He must be able to see that we can be trusted with what He has to give. Otherwise, there'd be one big old zap and everybody would be aglow. But it doesn't work that way. It is the process of less of self, more of God. Less of self, more of God. Give up more, Get more. Give up more. Get more. That's what it's all about. He must increase. Make note of it. When people refuse to cooperate with the Holy Ghost, when they choose as an act of their will to violate what they know to be the revealed will of God or the leading of the Spirit, this is very difficult sometimes to get across to people. And many, I don't think, really understand the depth of the revelation. But I pray we have ears to hear tonight what the Spirit is saying. When people choose in the open light to violate what they know to be the Word and the will of God, whether written or revealed by His Spirit, there is an increase in their spirit regarding the things of God. You want to know why many struggle? Spiritual growth is impaired. They don't operate in the ability of God like they should. A searing takes place in their conscience. It's consciences. And they begin to lose out in here. See, that's hard to explain and difficult for many to understand. It is a process either of increasing in God, decreasing in self, or diminishing or decreasing in the things of God and increasing in self. Those people will not grow spiritually. Those people will be dominated by the flesh, the devil, and the spirit of the world. 
And to them, it won't seem like a big thing because it is the pattern or the course of action that they are taking for their lives. And they regress. As the increase comes, it's more difficult for them to enter into what God is doing. And then they want people to condone their lifestyles. People, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and let's let the Word bear this out. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul the Apostle writing, and I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. As he was led by the Spirit of God to the church at Corinth, And he says, from the Amplified Version, 1 Corinthians 3, 1, However, brethren, I could not talk to you as to spiritual men, but as the non-spiritual men of the flesh in whom the carnal nature predominates, as to mere infants in the life, the new life in Christ, unable to talk yet. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you're not able, or you're not yet strong enough to be ready for it, but even yet you're not strong enough to be ready for it. For you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. For as long as there are envying, jealousy, wrangling factions among you, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh, behaving yourselves like a human standard, after a human standard, and like mere unchanged men? It is the Holy Ghost who causes change to take place from glory to glory. Keep that in mind. For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not proving yourselves ordinary, unchanged men? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Ministering servants, not heads of parties, through whom you believed, even as the Lord appointed to each his task. I planted, Apollos watered, But God, all the while, was making it grow. He gave the increase. He gave the increase. Man can preach. Man can teach. Man can sow. Man can water. But my brother and my sister, it requires God Himself to give the increase. Only God Almighty Himself, by the Spirit of God, can give the increase. Only He can cause the quickening action to take place within the life of the individual, the corporate body. Only He can increase the anointing. Only He can increase His ability. Only He can increase His wisdom. Only He can increase His love. Only He can increase His power within our lives. Only God can give the increase as we choose to cooperate with Him by making right choices, by making right decisions, only God then can give the increase within our lives. But when people refuse or or reject the leading of the Holy Ghost and don't flow with Him, don't follow His leading as He instructs us to take certain a certain course of action in our lives and ministries, then, my brother, something takes place on the inside that prevents the Father God from causing the increase of spiritual things. Something is lost in here. And that's why so many struggle. You know, when those Israelites failed to go with God, they struggled in the wilderness for the rest of their lives. 
God couldn't cause the increase. I want you to see something with me that has been in my heart for a long time and I finally have the release in my spirit to share it with you. In 1 Samuel, and I want you to see it clearly with me, 1 Samuel chapter 15, the Scripture bears this out also. That when people are disobedient and when they ignore the leading of the Lord and His instructional teaching through His Word or leading by His Spirit, that the process of decrease slowly begins. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, Saul lived a life of habitual disobedience. Through his disobedience... The anointing began to diminish that was upon him, his life to enable him to stand in the office of the king. When people are faithful to cooperate and obedient to cooperate, then the anointing increases by degree. When people are disobedient and get caught up in pride and a haughty spirit and acting apart from the anointing of God wanting to do things the way that it would please themselves or others, then the process of decrease begins to take place. And if a person is not careful, and if a body of believers is not careful, then the Spirit of God can actually depart. And I've thought about it so many times. How would you like to minister in the flesh? How would I like to minister... In the flesh. We can't heal people. We can't deliver people, can we? Only God can. Let's never forget this and lose sight of it. Or ever lose sight of it. We're co-laborers with Him. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. Look at the Scripture. Because in the Scripture we have a revelation of what we can do to maintain the increase. We're going to see it in a negative sense, but we're going to accentuate the negative to point out the positive. Amen? Look at it. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, when you were humble, that's 1 Samuel fifteen seventeen. when you were humble, when you were totally dependent upon me, then you were anointed. Was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed you king over Israel? When you were little in your own sight, when you were humble, when you were submissive, when you knew that apart from the anointing and the power and the glory and the wisdom and the ability of Jehovah God, you could do nothing. God called you when your heart attitude was right, when your motives were right, when your desires were right, when your interests 
were right. God called you. God anointed you. God gave you supernatural ability upon your life. And you began to operate in that power of His might. You began to cooperate with the, the Spirit's leading and direction and guidance. And great battles were won. Victories came. We don't have time to go through it all. But now, now, Saul, you've exalted yourself. You have decreased in God. You have increased in self. At once you pleased Him. Now you please people. You are the king. Now you're exalted to a position of success. People see you in your position. You think that they made you king? God said, do this. And you said, okay, Lord. And then you did part of it to please Him and most of it to please people. And this wasn't the only time. You progressively got off the course. And slowly you began to do things your own way. You got big in your own eyes. You saw who you were above all your people in the kingdom. Head and shoulders. King. I can make decisions even if those decisions don't accurately align themselves with the will of God. Even if it rejects the leading of the Holy Spirit. For now I am the king. Oh, what to God. Those who He calls and ordains and anoints and appoints and equips would never develop that attitude. Because I stand behind a pulpit, does it give me the right to lord it over the lives of people, to use or to abuse, I should say, the calling of God? Never. Does it mean I could run things the way I want to run things and do things the way I want to do things, regardless of what God is saying by His Spirit? Does it mean I should, I should please people? And do my best to see to it that I do that, even if it means not pleasing God. Should you in your ministry do the same? God forbid. Because the moment we start taking things into our own hands is the moment we start operating in self. Apart from the anointing of God. Doing things our way. And at that moment, he begins to decrease. Self begins to increase. The anointing begins to diminish. And look at First Samuel 16 and verse 14. Because Saul acted independent of God, rejecting his authority, acting as king in himself, the anointing decreased until finally, in verse 14, the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him.
What God is saying to us this evening, my brother and sister, is that it's His desire that we continue to heed the instructional teaching of Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. That we maintain a submissive spirit, an attitude of humility, that what we are experiencing is a direct result of humbling ourselves before Him, praying, seeking His face, and making the quality decision to do things the way He wants things done. Leaving room for spiritual growth and development because we're not all there yet, are we? We can make mistakes along the way, but thank God we're arrested by the Spirit of God and we come back on course and we do things the right way. We may not be totally and fully developed in our thinking, but you know what? Whether it's me in this office or others you see in other offices and positions, we should pray for these people that they have direction to their spirits, illumination to their minds, that they're enlightened by the Spirit of God, that they are accurate in their interpretation of what God would have them to do. I covet that kind of praying from the people of God. That I would not act in my own stead, praise God, but I would act in harmony with the leading of the Holy Ghost so that we as a collective body, as He has so designed, may increase steadily, 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 more and more until Jesus becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and Jesus is exalted and lifted up in this place so no longer can we see self, no longer can we see Bill Anzavino, no longer can we see our praisers, no longer can we see those who stand in offices, our teachers, no longer can we see just those who, who have positions here of authority, whether board members or staff members or whatever, but all we can see is Jesus exalted, high and lifted up, bright and shining, glorious in this place to such a degree that we are so little and He is so big, we can do all things through our big God, hallelujah, and our mighty God, hallelujah. Can you say amen? For those of us who have entered in, he says, continue Second Chronicles 7.14. And for those of us who have not yet entered in, fulfill Second Chronicles 7.14. And so shall it be that the glory of God will increase mightily within our midst. Can you say amen? Stand up before the Lord with me. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.